0: Welcome to High Gluttony, everybody. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And it's the holidays. So we are Woo-hoo. doing some Buckeyes, AKA peanut butter balls, and making a delightful sugar scrub that smells like oranges.
1: And, uh,.
0: This was, a, this was a fun episode, wasn't it? I, I enjoyed this one.
1: This was really fun. Yeah, this was super fun. We decided we wanted to make something. I had made peanut butter balls for a long time growing up, and we wanted to make something that you could make for yourself this holiday season that was kind of easy and not too expensive. And also, if you wanted to gift these out, they both work really well for that too. And they were both so fucking delicious I could not stop eating the peanut butter balls and I do this every time I have them I will like eat them until I get sick and then do it again the next day and I just did that until they were gone and I could not stop.
0: <laughs> Good for you I'm still working on mine because I ended up with 72.
1: Oh. oh my god okay we have to talk about this actually I
0: thought I was like is it wasn't it 72? it's in the 70s. I definitely ended up with at least twice as many as you were supposed to be able to get out of it.
1: Wow. And, and it's still Should, a bit of a mystery to me how that happened. We're gonna have to do some sleuthing it out as we mm-hmm. talk through this intro. The Buckeye recipes, we found quite a few that were very similar and two that we sort of settled on. We couldn't remember which one exactly we the recipe from because they were both so similar but one is from all recipes and the other one is from blog.herrealtors.com so we'll post those on the website
0: i can't believe it did, It took me a while when we were doing the herrealtors.com one to realize that there were there are variations under that one as well so like i hadn't noticed that they they'd actually done that recipe then go out went okay you could do this with it and make it into this and do this uh, lots of suggestions that
1: yeah, was a good resource
0: yeah really easy very fun we did uh talk a lot well maybe not a lot we talked some about the tempering of the chocolate but I don't turns out I was less up to snuff on that than I thought <laughs> although I'm sure I didn't <laughs> claim to be some great ge- chocolate tempering genius or anything but I came to discover that Number one, I did it wrong because I did end up with a bloom, as they call it, on my chocolate. I have some pictures of that that I'll, we'll, we'll post. Because then I also made chocolate somewhere around that time with a caramel center and made those, dip those in milk chocolate, not realizing that I was also doing the milk chocolate tempering wrong. <laughs> it, the, the process is the same about, across the types of chocolate. Yeah, I, I did it wrong. So I basically did two versions, two of the different ways that you can do it, but I snatched them together to make one way that does not work. (laughs) Uh, So we we were... It still tasted delicious. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they still taste good. They look a little sad and the chocolate won't have that snap that it's supposed to have, Uh, but it still tastes like chocolate. So it's not like if you don't temper something correctly, people are going to be like, this is disgusting. It's still chocolate. Like get over yourself. All right. Sometimes we have chocolate. It's different levels of chocolate. Okay. Like sometimes you get the Hershey (laughs) bar and sometimes you get the stuff from the quarter store that's super fancy. Okay. Like, I I did a lot of delicious. Yeah.
1: They're very good. Yeah. So that's why we love doing these intros after we finish making it, because then we can find out if we did anything that we need to make sure you don't do. So yeah. we're going to talk you through a little bit more of some of the things we learned.
0: So maybe we'll get it. We'll, we'll do the deeper dive on the tempering in a minute. Let's start with the, the peanut butter part and how I do. I did mention in the episode. I wasn't sure if I had said this. I knew I said it to you later, but I did, in fact, say it in the episode as well, that I was wondering if the additional volume came from the fact that I did make a little alteration to the recipe because I am always doing my experiments and decided to <laughs> use caramel, the caramelized uh, sugar, granulated caramel, as we also like to call it, as part of the sweetener for it, um, because that, that works, it's supposed to work the same as sugar now i i actually have to say i have now found two places where the sugar may not work part of why i think the sugar did not work with the buckeyes is that in order to get a really soft finish like like that sort of nice truffly finish instead of like a grainy finish the care it needed to be ground down to a fine powder and i just don't have the equipment to do that my food processor isn't good enough to make it into a powdered granulated caramel <laughs> that's number one. Wow. But I think if I if I talk about the other time the granulated caramel doesn't work, I'll be taking us off on a tangent. So maybe we'll we'll come back to that at the end of this and record a little thing that we can put out about it.
1: So sugar was one of the first things.
0: Yeah, was using
1: yeah. the granulated caramelized sugar.
0: So I'm not sure if just using that slightly larger size granule, but ended up creating more volume when I whipped it, or exactly what the problem is there. Um, I mean, it couldn't be because I then ended up because I didn't read the instructions thoroughly. Bought peanut butter that was not emulsified, so that it separated. Like you get that oil that comes out of the peanut butter. If you get that, like not completely emulsified stuff. So I had not read in one of the recipes, they, they did mention that you needed that sort um, because mine ended up being a little bit oily. So I did try and add a little bit of cornstarch into it uh, to try and bring the oiliness down, which sort of worked, but I only added a couple like teaspoons worth into the mix. So I don't think that would have added enough extra volume for an additional 30 balls of peanut butter. <laughs> it's mind boggling. <laughs> like, I, ju- I don't know. I don't know if it's because like, because I was like, I don't know, they're an inch po- across unless like whoever is writing, they should be an inch across has a totally different idea of what an inch looks like than I do. But I mean, that, <laughs> that's about an inch. Like this is an inch. <laughs> that is the one thing that my like work has given me is a really good sense of size. This is an inch, right? So just just be aware that you could end up with exactly 30, like the recipe says, or you could end up with 70 something because who knows why. Uh, <laughs> I think I had like 35 or something, 37 maybe, something like that. Being me, I tried to be fancy and buy some like valencia peanut peanut butter and then came to find out like when i was doing research for this episode because i was like i don't i don't know that much about peanut butter so i found out that peanut butter in its current form was actually invented in 1890 either in st louis missouri or battle creek michigan which is where kellogg's comes from so i'm not sure if that's related could be cool the book wasn't specific and it's made by roasting or bringing the Peanut. It just said bringing the peanuts up to an internal temp of 300 degrees. I was like, this is going around with the tiny thermometer, making sure that all the peanuts are 300 degrees. <laughs> but there you go. And then you blanch the nets to take off the skins, which is just thunking them into boiling water real quick, or even steaming them. They might may even just steam them now versus actually putting them in boiling water. And that the how they prevent the oil separation is they add in a uh, hydrogenated shortening, basically. So the palm oil that's typically found in a lot of peanut butter basically introduces a nice stable crystal. And this actually relates to the chocolate tempering because it's sort of a similar thing. Where the fat, the fat, a crystalline form of fat, that then prevents the natural peanut fat oils from separating from the solid. So it basically just like enhances mm. the crystalline structure of the peanut fat.
1: Cool. That's sort, sort of. How Wait. It works. So so you, <laughs> so you bring it up to three hundred degrees. Blanch it briefly, remove the skins, and then what do you do with it? And then you grind it with salt and sugar. Grind it, salt and sugar, and then and then you'd add that. Adding a hydrogenated shortening.
0: Yeah. At the end, it's three three to five percent. So it's a relatively small amount of the peanut butter, but you know we're all like no preservatives, no weird chemically induced things in my pita butter turns out like those things can, those things affect what you do your end product which i'd read the instructions fully and then also wasn't a pretentious <laughs> fuck and decided to use dark chocolate instead of the semi-sweet chocolate as prescribed although that was less of an issue
1: <laughs> that's so interesting about that kellogg's being from like it's either from missouri or from the same place that kellogg's is from There wasn't a lot
0: of explanation. I mean, this is a, you know, a fairly intensive book on a wide berth of subjects. I'm like, wait, tell me, tell me why this is, but I'll have to look into that later. Yeah, more to come, maybe more to come on that and that there are four types of peanuts that we typically use in the US. The ones that come in the shell are usually a Virginia or Valencia, the type you typically find used for eating and nut mixes and candy tends to be Spanish or sometimes the smaller Virginia peanut because the, the Virginia and Valencia are the largest ones. So that's why they're used as typically used as an eating, like in shell eating. And then the last type is runner, which is good for baked goods and peanut butter because it has higher level of monounsaturated fat, which makes it much more stable and less inclined to go rancid.
1: So there you go. Fascinating. Virginia, Valencia, small Virginia slash Spanish, and runner. Okay, four common types of peanuts in the US. Now we know that. So I see that you're drinking
0: wine over there, Becca. Did you know that peanut butter is notoriously hard to pair with wine? No, tell me more. (laughs) I
1: don't
0: know why. I tried. I actually don't know why that is. But you said I should mention it. I guess I could have looked
1: at that in my book. Well, I guess we don't have to say why. I just think it's interesting. And then when I was thinking about it after you said that it is notoriously hard to pair with, that it really doesn't show up very often in paired things. And so it made yeah. me think about it differently.
0: Any peanut butter dessert, it's going to be a little bit difficult. Although I think that one of the common pairings is typically pork, which would be kind of the only thing you could put with this. But Haven't done
1: a lot of research on that yet. We'd have to mm-hmm. see. So it was pretty smooth though. You just, yeah. You just kind of mix up the peanut butter with powdered sugar, vanilla, and and then freeze it for a little bit. Butter, right? Butter. All the favorite things. Mm -hmm. Freeze it for a little bit and then dip it in chocolate. And this is probably a good time to talk a little bit more about tempering chocolate and what we did versus what you'd now recommend.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So
1: uh,
0: there are three primary ways that you temper chocolate. Number one which is the, the seeding method where basically you melt it over a double boiler. Hang on. Let me rewind a little bit. Let's talk about why, why we temper before we get into how to temper. Um, okay. So a little bit further, a little bit further back. Let's talk about the structure of chocolate.
1: <laughs> so okay.
0: confectionery chocolate, you are taking cocoa salads, cocoa butter, and sugar. Typically,
1: are the main components. You said cocoa solids? Yes. Okay. For a second, I heard salads. I just don't, I didn't think you said salads, so I just wanted to double check you weren't saying cocoa salads. <laughs> like hell or high water now? <laughs> hell or high water and cocoa salads. We're starting a line of products.
0: We're selling water and
1: cocoa <laughs> salad. salads. <laughs> oh
0: dear find
1: it on the website
0: yeah the the better your chocolate the less other things it has in it that's why like dark chocolate is generally considered like the the high-end stuff and then you get down to like your milk chocolates and hershey's which are down over here somewhere and white chocolate which isn't chocolate right which chocolate isn't chocolate i don't know i don't know And if we really wanted to throw another thing in there, we could start talking about Ruby chocolate, but I am new to Ruby chocolate, although they are using it all the time on the Great British Baking Show.
1: Now, we're going to do a
0: chocolate episode, I guess. Yeah, we are (laughs) going to have to. I think we're going to have to, because I was like, as soon as I started reading into this, I was like, we're going to have to spend a lot of time talking about chocolate at some point (laughs) because there's so much to it here's something interesting to know. So when you see chocolate that's labeled like 70% chocolate, that means it's 70% cocoa salads and cocoa butter together, make up 70% of what you're holding in your hand. And then the other 30% is sugar. Milk chocolate, you're adding some sort of form of milk. I watched a great video earlier today on uh,
1: Sugar Geek? Sugar Sugar Geek Geek Geek
0: Show. She has a great video about tempering because I, I read all about it last night and I was like, I can use a couple of the resources and so I was doing a little more research. Anyway, so you take, basically she took blocks and was like, you, when you have good chocolate, you're like, your fats and your cocoa solids and your sugar are all kind of all in order. The sugar is less of a complicating factor in this. It's really all about the cocoa solids and the cocoa butter because I feel like the sugar has very little involvement in the process. Because it's really just about getting the the fat to go the way you want it. The reason you temper chocolate is to make sure that your fat crystals align themselves in a very specific order. That gives you a nice snap. It gets that nice sheen. But as we said earlier, if you can't get it to temper, who fucking cares? Because it's still chocolate. Because it tastes
1: so good. It
0: tastes just as good. texture might be that great, but whatever so you have three main methods of doing this you can use a double boiler and then you take one of two routes. you're either going the route of seeding which means you take into your melted chocolate you add not melted chocolate because the the not melted chocolate is organized and so you're putting that in helps cool down and also present basically a model for your chocolate to pattern itself out. So like it helps bring everything back into alignment in the right way. And then the other method has to do with a lot of stirring and then a, a lot more like temperature variation because you basically have three temperatures you have to hit when you're doing it that way. So you have to, you have your melting temperature, which is dark chocolate, with what which was what I was using when we did this, you have to get it between 113 and 122 to to fully melt. Um, And that's that because you got more cocoa solids to even than cocoa butter, but cocoa butter is still there. Um, Then you have to cool it all the way down to between 82 to 84 degrees. And then warm it back up slightly to... 88 to 90 degrees so this method is super complicated um and and it's the method that you see people when they're doing it like on a marble block which is they usually do that for like fudge and stuff but like you could also use a marble block to temper your chocolate and it's like they swirl it all out and then they bring it all back together and you know so that's what they're kind of trying to do with that So, yeah, so I I wouldn't recommend that as your method. I think most of the time I've done either the seeding method or the microwave method. But in our recipe, when we did it, I tried to smash those two together because I thought that was the proper thing to do. Now, it's not totally raw, but if you do it in the microwave and you have the cool, fucking temperature telling spatula that this woman has on the sugar geek show you literally can just melt your your chocolate microwave and you literally just have to get it to 95 degrees where it melts and then it's it's basically you're not taking it out of temper so you if you can hit it to that 95 degrees where it's just melted you don't really have to do all the other mucking about with the tempering. It's still in temper. You haven't really disrupted the the structure of the chocolate. And so that's like way easier, which is, so that's what I was trying to do. Um, She was saying that if you're trying to do a lot of chocolate, it's not the best method because microwave, it'll heat everything up too much. But it really comes down to having a thermometer where, because even if you double boiler, you theoretically could just take it down to 95 degrees and stop. But um, a double boiler is gonna produce more heat. So typically it's gonna send it way up above where you need it to be before before you could catch it at that exact 95. So that's why it's not really the best way to do it. Um, Now you can temper using the microwave by melting the fuck out of your chocolate and then seeding it, which is what I tried to do but I did it wrong. Like, and I I wasn't aware (laughs) of what I was really doing. So it's always an option to melt things in the microwave. That's always an option. Not the most proper way to do things. Now I did come across a recipe. I think it was Kenji Lopez had done. I'll have to make sure I look it up again, where he, he did it using a sous vide, which I was like, probably could do like and so yeah, you can you can use your sous vide to temper your chocolate, like basically just putting it into a ninety-five degree water bath until it's completely melted, and then taking it out and using it. So
1: does that 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 makes sense to me in terms of getting it to that exact temperature? Yeah. But then I feel like once you take it out of the bag and put it into like a glass bowl or something, it's probably gonna it won't hold at 95 for a while, right? So then do you like put it in the microwave if you need to melt it more? Or like, what do you do with it after that first sous sous vide? Um, So I'm sort of wondering, here's
0: my thought, is using a sous vide, you set it to 95 degree, you put your bowl in there once it's at the right temperature um, and add chocolate. And basically, you just make a water bath exactly the right temperature, um, and just like you could hold it at a perfect melt, basically. So I'm wondering why, if that's just not possible, or what. So I have to do more dipping. So <laughs> maybe we'll right, so experiment. you can
1: investigate. Yeah. Right. We the uh, family I always made this with always did the double boiler.
0: Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of wondering if because you freeze the peanut butter balls, then dip them in the chocolate, if that just basically takes care of your tempering. Uh, I didn't find a lot of information about tempering semi-sweet chocolate Mm because there's a whole chart here for dark milk and white, but not a lot of mention of the the semi-sweet.
1: Well, that's interesting too. Mm -hmm. so we have a lot of more chocolate exploring to do yeah a lot a lot a lot um it's so it like I love doing these kind of things and investigating this kind of stuff with like chocolate in particular because it's something I take for granted like I along with peanut butter balls there's like Four things in my life that like I cannot stop eating no matter what the circumstances, who I'm with, wherever I am. Like there's just like four things and it's peanut butter balls, queso, holiday shaped Reese's. And there's one other thing I can't remember, but I like I will eat Reese's and holiday shaped Reese's until I am sick. And I just take for granted that the chocolate is like what it is supposed to be every time. You know, yeah. like the process that goes into just getting this little like peanut butter cup <laughs> to taste the same every time
0: is pretty, pretty cool. Well, so part of that is also that they, they can't people who are producing candy on that big of a scale. They have like the sheets that make the chocolate like hold at that exact temperature. And then they do it this certain thing and this certain thing. Sure. Like they have the system down. So it's so easy to keep. That consistent. Totally. Product. But yeah, it's, it's a, th- I mean, I did see like some, like what I did tempering chocolate earlier, they were like, there were these fancy equipment you could buy that are like $1,500 that'll hold your chocolate at exactly the right temperature. It's like,
1: it, it's a thing. It's really a thing. Yeah, it can get serious fast. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a whole thing. Although I came across a different article that said that if you're going to work with a lot of chocolate, that Kitchen thermometers can be as much as like 10 degrees off. So if you're going to do a lot of work with chocolate, you should really get like a laboratory grade thermometer. Uh, Wow. But if you want to check how accurate your thermometer is, all you have to do is put it into ice water. And that'll let you know know if your thermometer is off 32 degrees. Because you're trying to hit such exact little windows of temperature.
1: Yeah, especially with that second one you said, which had those three different pretty specific ranges, especially that last one, I think, which was like 88 to 90 or something. That's really precise.
0: Well, it it, yeah. So like your melting temperature has the biggest range, basically. It's 113 to 122. Then your cooling temperature, you're trying to hit it. It's basically two degrees because cooling to 82 or 80, between 82 and 84, basically 83. 83. But that's a maybe and then your your tempering <laughs> range is that, yeah the exact same thing where you want to basically hit eighty nine degrees. It's very specific, but yeah, like that yeah, cool, it's a very cool specific spatula with the thermometer in it. It sounds like a really good idea. I bought a really cheap one at one point. It was little, and the one she had had a really long handle and like so that you could see the ter- thermometer gauge part. Like it was like in a hole in the center. Like, that's the coolest fucking thing.
1: Like, I needed that for the caramels I made. Totally. Going on the list. Yeah, Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And it makes me respect more people who make homemade chocolates and stuff. It's, like, quite a skill. It is quite
0: a skill. I hadn't realized that dark milk and white chocolate all have different ranges where those things work. Uh, White chocolate is actually the most exact because you have to hit... It melts at 104. You gotta cool it to 74 to 76 degrees, and then 80 to 82 is where it tempers. So much lower heat. Interesting. Here, here is what white chocolate is. White chocolate is the chocolateless chocolate because it contains no cocoa particles <laughs> whatsoever. So therefore, it has little to no chocolate flavor. White chocolate was invented in 1930 and is a mixture for, uh, for uh, <laughs> a a mixture fied <laughs> I made a new word, everybody. Mixturefied. Mixturefied. Uh, that's a combination of mix. It's mixture and purified. It's a mixture of purified, usually deodorized cocoa butter, milk solids, and sugar. Uh, does offer a valuable decorative contrast to ordinary chocolate. Really chocolate. It's just cocoa butter. <laughs> but you want to know? What I don't I I- like it at all. I saw the fucking coolest thing on the Great British Bake Off this season. One of the guys caramelized his white chocolate. So he basically made like a chocolate butter caramel almost, which I'm now desperate to try and do because I was like, that's so fucking good. Uh, Sounds fun. Yeah, so I'm definitely like, I need to do that. And everybody's using ruby chocolate. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is. I need to try this. I don't understand,
1: (laughs) but it's very expensive. More to come.
0: So yeah, that is tempering chocolate in a fairly concise nutshell
1: maybe not the best concise description (laughs) as short as I can get
0: it so
1: I know more now I hope so no more than an hour ago so that always works for me
0: you also know more about peanut butter and it's like and and thermometers exactly we got into that too (laughs) so
1: totally I love it Should we move on to the sugar scrub? I think so. Yeah, I think it's time. But anyway, sugar scrub. (laughs) Let's talk about that. Sugar scrub. Yeah. This was really fun.
0: I haven't actually tried eating it on toast. My dad did just finally make bread today. So I guess I'll have to try it on a little toast because I've got a jar, the jar I haven't opened yet. I did use one entire jar in the shower um, already. So if you
1: guys want to know if we like the sugar scrub, we do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yes, it's it's so nice. I love it. I've already gone through half, or like a jar, two half of it, and I'm trying to keep some back to eat. But I am worried that I'm just gonna have to make more because yeah. I love it so much. Yeah, it makes my skin so soft. It smells so good in the shower. It's really really nice. Yeah. I, I think
0: as the, it sat, you know, and like the aromas all worked together, like it was so, it smelled so good. And yeah, made my skin really soft. I don't think I was missing anything by not having the brown sugar. I think it was fine with just white. So if that's what she's got on hand, just use white.
1: Don't use brown. It'll look weird. Like Yeah. Well, let's back it up a second. So we used a recipe or two recipes from Savvy Naturalista. And we, her original recipe is called Pretty in Pink Body Scrub. And then she makes a version of that called Orange Sugar Scrub that's edible. And so we did the edible one with just one change in that uh, we didn't use any food coloring and Gretchen didn't use brown sugar. Yeah. Um,
0: just because I was like, why why does it need to have color? And I'm worried that because food coloring is usually water soluble, it's gonna leave color on your skin. <laughs> One advantage from using the coconut oil that I use is that because it's uh, what's the word solid at room temperature, that it stays Mixed a little bit better. Whereas Becca, you were saying that you're separated some, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I put mine in jelly jars and the olive oil settled at the bottom half. And so I do have to mix it up every time I use it, which is not a pain. But it also, I feel like I'm trying to limit as much contamination in there and like mixing it up constantly (laughs) makes me feel a little bit like I'm not doing a good job of that. So It would, I definitely want to make this again and I'll try coconut oil that time. We do say in the episode, in the episode that um, the olive oil is a nice smell to enhance the orange. So um, that is one thing to consider though. Yeah, so for sure. You would lose that. Would
0: lose that. Um, I just had a kind of a good idea about when I do, like, um, you know, how I'm, I make my own marijuana-infused stuff, and taking that and then mixing that with the sugar, so you could do a marijuana, like, body scrub, uh, and I use cocoa butter in that, so, like, you would get a chocolate coconut sort of aromatic to that instead uh-huh. of doing the orange. Yeah, it smells really good, so... I might have
1: to do that. <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah, That sounds really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. I think there's so much that you could do to explore with it. I I did really like the brown sugar component. I think you had said in the, in the episode that that's probably there for texture difference, just as like an extra layer of exfoliation, I guess, or a different layer of exfoliation, but it's not totally necessary
0: yeah, because I the crystals are typically a little bit larger on brown, some brown sugars than white sugar. So I think it was just mostly like to have two different size exfoliants in there. But I could be wrong about that. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> well, we both liked it. So it's pretty versatile. This is a yeah. really excellent base because you can do any flavors, you can do any, sugar combos I mean I wonder I don't I like love the granulated sugar or granulated caramel sugar so much that I like can't really imagine just like scrubbing it on my body but I do wonder what that texture would be like
0: <laughs> yeah I, I don't think I'd recommend that just because it's time consuming to make um,
1: yeah Oh, and if you don't know what we're talking about when we're saying granulated caramel, sugar, toasted sugar, all these things. Our very first episode, we made this amazing recipe that Gretchen found, which was a process of slow baking your sugar into this incredible granulated caramel. And so we continue to use it in a lot of other ways and report back on it. But go check that one out. It's our first one.
0: Yeah, our very first episode. Hopefully our sound quality will be better by now, but we've had to do a lot of uh, finessing with that.
1: Sugar scrub and peanut butter balls slash Buckeyes. These are, this was really fun. It was, it was not that time consuming. It's definitely something you can do in an afternoon. You can do both of them in the same day or split it up, but it's, Pretty easy and a lot of the stuff you gotta kind of have on hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the sugar scrub, you can make it anytime. It's literally take some sort of cooking oil, which is usually something. Now let's let's just say don't use animal fats. It's gotta be a vegetable or nut fat. Do not use <laughs> don't use duck fat. You can't have duck fat sugar scrub. That's not a lot. Okay uh mostly because your skin will just be like what the fuck you're just smearing duck fat on me why are you doing this and be very angry with you to go do it so uh but i mean it's basically any kind of oil you want and mix some sugar into it and then something
1: that smells good and then you're good to go
0: so super easy
1: super easy Super fun, super delicious. What we really loved about it too was that it's edible. So we will yeah. report back once we've both been able to actually use it as a food. Yeah. But but um, so far as a sugar scrubber, as a, as a scrub, body scrub, it's been phenomenal. So and nice. it tastes good, but I wash my face with it and I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. I'm like, this tastes so good. I'm not worried about it getting in my mouth, which <laughs> isn't the same for all other scrubs. <laughs> I'd be a little cautious about putting it
0: on your face, but I don't know. Really? I worry about the sugar part of it. Maybe it's not really a problem. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll uh, have to do some research, I guess. Here's the answer about putting it on your face first. It says it's actually too harsh for facial skin. So you shouldn't be sugar scrubbing. That's why. Oh. The, I'm guessing the granules are too large. Hi, and Aria. Interesting. Apparently, there's something called Calypso Kitty Body Scrub, so I'm guessing that's a no. I'm sugar scrubbing your cat. (laughs) Okay. How interesting. Uh, So we hope you enjoyed the episode and all this other information we just gave Mm -hmm. you.
1: So let us know if you make it, how you do your chocolate, how it turns out, how many you end up with, and what you do with your sugar scrub. If you make orange or if you make something else, let us know. Just tag us on Instagram or email us at highgluttony at highgluttony.com.
0: I'm sorry. Wait, I have to amend this now because there is apparently a
1: soap you can buy
0: for cats that have this amazing sugar scrub. <laughs> the average use is 10 to 12 cats or small dogs. <laughs> this is breaking my brain. This is, should not be a thing you use on your pets. <laughs> Aria, would you like to be I sugar scrubbed? <laughs> holy shit and this is on Chubbs Chubbs Bars is the name of the website
1: (laughs) check us out on Instagram on the website highgluttony.com we'll have all the recipes that we referenced and then all of our tips and um, YouTube we have videos this time we're going to be sharing some uh, walkthrough videos (laughs) enjoy bye bye (laughs) have fun have fun (laughs) Bye. bye bye
0: they had mentioned that they put a little they put a little brown sugar in there and that people had commented that it was a little grainy unpleasantly grainy so I'm mildly concerned about my granulated caramel being making it too grainy
1: are you doing all so is this is for the peanut butter balls right not the sugar scrub right so are you doing some confectioner sugar and some caramelized yeah. granulated caramelized yeah and so did I, you end up like pulverizing the caramelized granulated sugar or no?
0: yes i did
1: You I did. did
0: yeah i did try and get it down so i did a uh, uh, two two to one ratio so i did two cups of the caramel granulated caramel one cup of the confectioner sugar and then i used that up so yeah this is so it's an experiment to see how this will work cool because I would like to use the sugar, but if it's not, it's too grainy and then I just have to eat them all. Well, then that's how it is. But
1: all right. So, y- so we're making Buckeyes.
0: We are making Buckeyes. Yes, this is what we're doing.
1: Which uh, I always knew as just peanut butter balls. And it wasn't until like five years ago that I found out they had another name.
0: <laughs> I mean, peanut, peanut butter balls is not a wrong term. I mean- <laughs> Right than a buckeye like buckeyes, the cute sea name you give to it right you know it's like
1: that's true
0: that's what it looks like
1: I didn't know that they are related to a horse chestnut you mean
0: buckeyes in general
1: right yeah sorry so I saw on this recipe where I'm reading off of all recipes and it's uh real buckeyes are nuts that grow on trees and are related to the horse chestnut cool yes
0: but interestingly enough this does not contain anything like that. This has peanut
1: butter in it. Uh, (laughs) Not a tree nut.
0: Nope. Oh, I had a thought. Oh, well, come back to me later. So yeah, I've already, I mixed together the butter and then the sugar. I'm just going to eat some of this peanut butter.
1: Okay. You're, I've already got your butter and your sugar going. I should get mine going then.
0: It's interesting because it's, I thought six cups of sugar mixed into butter was a little bit more dry than it is. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually adding my peanut butter. I want to see if maybe because I don't have the that cornstarch if maybe I'm going to have a problem. I think if I mix in the peanut butter, they'll let me know if my maybe need to add just like a bunch of cornstarch to make it come together a little bit. So I'm going to turn on my mixer now. Okay. Yeah, for sure cannot fit a double batch in this bowl. This is already <laughs> like, it's quite full. <laughs>
1: So it basically has butter, unsalted butter, confectioner sugar, peanut butter, vanilla, and what else am I forgetting?
0: I don't know, but I bought salted peanut butter.
1: Ooh, sounds good.
0: Oh, does all recipe say unsalted? No, it just says peanut butter. But you got unsalted peanut butter.
1: Um, I don't know if I actually got unsalted peanut butter. I just remember it being unsalted butter.
0: Oh yeah, it does say unsalted butter. I did use unsalted regular butter.
1: Well, there you go. I think because most peanut butter has salt in it. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think I need to put a little cornstarch in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: because it definitely looks much wetter.
1: Oh, no. How's yours coming? Well, it still looks a little oily. Oily? Yeah. Hmm. So. How does it taste?
0: I mean, it tastes delicious. What are you kidding?
1: Yeah, I can't stop eating it.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is a little bit grainy. Yeah. Yeah it also isn't terrible. So (laughs) I mean, it tastes really good.
1: I'm going to read out the exact measurement. Okay. So this is one and a half cups of peanut butter, one cup of butter softened. Oh, it just says butter. One half teaspoon vanilla extract, six cups confectioner sugar, and four cups of semi-sweet chocolate chips. And then again, the first step, which is what we just finished doing is in a large bowl Mix together the peanut butter, butter, vanilla, and confectioner sugar. As Gretchen said, the dough will look dry. And then we're gonna roll it into one inch balls, place it on a waxed paper lined cookie sheet, put cute or sorry, toothpicks at the top of each one, and then put it in the freezer to chill for about 30 minutes.
0: Or if you're Gretchen, you're not really sure what you're gonna do because you don't have enough toothpicks.
1: <laughs> you're gonna make your own toothpicks too. <laughs>
0: I mean, I was like, I do have some keywords in there, but.
1: Um. <laughs> Does vanilla have alcohol in it? Yes. Yeah.
0: So the, the typical solvent that they use to make vanilla extract is alcohol.
1: Mm. So it's like almost a tincture?
0: <laughs> yes, that is correct. Hmm. But it is, it's a vanilla tincture.
1: We just decided for the next couple of weeks, we're going to kind of focus on some holiday kind of items or items that Gretchen and I have made around this time of year in the past. I'm excited about the next couple of weeks leading up to our New Year's release.
0: (laughs) No, it's going to be good. God, I don't even know why I thought I should do this. All I want to do is eat this stuff now. Oh, man, I get to use my portion scoop. (laughs) What is this? Oh, well, this is essential for anybody that needs to make precision scoop. if I can find it. <laughs> and since I usually engage in smoke care, some form of candy making or something at least once a year that involves making a certain size. So this is what it is.
1: Oh, like a um, melon baller kind of thing?
0: <laughs> yes of like, but it has a little swing arm in it so that you can push whatever's in it out.
1: Nice. I have this coffee spoon thing that I'm going to use. <laughs> we went to the dispensary this morning. Oh. oh, man. I know. It's been a long day.
0: <laughs> did you get anything fun?
1: Yeah, we got all new stuff. We got um, mostly hybrid indica dominant, but mm-hmm. we did get some sativa dominant hybrid. But let's see, we got A new one I hadn't heard of before, which is Nine Pound Larry. And then we got Skywalker OG. Yeah. Super excited about that. And then what were the other two? I'll have to look them up. But yeah, it was fun. So how's it going? Your parents are there?
0: They are. They're here. Yeah. My mom helped me out with my board today.
1: Oh, let's see it.
0: (laughs) You're going to love this. I have to take a picture of it for, at least for the blog.
1: Ooh,
0: and we even have our little dog with reindeer horns uh, on there to spice things up for the holiday.
1: I love it, and grids and everything.
0: Well, I've been working on my magnetic tape and everything.
1: I love it. So, what are you smoking? Have you smoked yet?
0: I did. I did. I had. I was able to get more of those uh, Leun or or le pen. Ooh. Uh huh. Finally. So I'm having the desert gold. And of course, I had some brilliant ideas today. So it was very exciting.
1: <laughs> have you had this kind before of theirs, the Desert Gold?
0: Yeah. Okay. One that I like said it was really good for like doing the show, but I was going to have some pineapple haze in a few minutes.
1: Yeah. So then once these go in the freezer to chill, we're going to start our second project of the day edible orange sugar scrub.
0: Also icing.
1: Oh, yeah. Also icing. I think you said like you could put half of it in a jar for the shower and half of it on your cinnamon roll.
0: Yes, that is exactly uh, what I said.
1: <laughs> uh, Keep making saucers instead of balls yeah. or spheres.
0: I mean, really, it's your peanut butter candy. You can see the however, <laughs> you like
1: that's true.
0: Just if you want it to look like a buckeye, it's right? Just, we're just gonna go. I was trying experimenting with smaller, smaller scoop, but uh, they're too small. I think. Gonna
1: have to eat those. Gonna have to eat them. It's the only option. So did I did I tell you the story about like how who I made these with every year? My dad did not like Christmas. And it was a fight every year about whether or not we were gonna get a Christmas tree or how we would celebrate it. Cause I think I've mentioned before they're like very Christian. And so my dad was like, We're not doing justice to what the holiday's about and all this stuff. So I would just leave and go to my friend's house who like their whole, her whole family loved Christmas. And so they had all these like traditions and they'd go, they'd sing carols on Christmas Eve and stay up until midnight and play all these games and make peanut butter balls. And so I'd go do that with her family. And that became like part of my Christmas tradition.
0: Yeah. So it's it's part of your, it is part of your Christmas tradition.
1: Yeah, exactly. Did your family make like a candy or a sweet this time of year
0: uh we usually just did cookies you know Mm, mm Since i'm going to be doing this for a while clearly yeah (laughs) so i i had a i feel really dumb and i know i met like every time i discover something new because i had never thought about measuring something that's like a powdery substance on a towel so that like if you you know so that you could easily clean up from oh And I was like, I can't believe I just thought of that. That's
1: brilliant.
0: Kind of thought of that before. But actually, I think, well, because I have a roll, uh, one of that roll pad.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Typically, that's one of the things I use to try and contain some of my mess. (laughs) (laughs) But not everybody (laughs) has one of those. Right. And Cowell says domestic AF. (laughs) I'm roasting a leg of lamb. I'm doing it for seven
1: and a half hours. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's in a low oven, but um, I meant to do a, I'm going to put like a little bit of drizzle, like a um, ro- an olive oil on it I meant to start doing that, and I hadn't done that yet, so.
1: What are you serving the lamb with?
0: Uh, I'm going to cook some artichokes and some mm. I bought a ton of green beans today at the store, so I think I'm going to end up cooking some green beans, too. Mm.
1: I, I haven't had a fresh artichoke in a while i just have to hear about it through you
0: i will tell you about my divine artichoke experience
1: <laughs> divine artichoke
0: divine artichoke
1: they are a beautiful vegetable
0: yes they are a vegetable
1: yeah yeah i don't know why i paused for a second like maybe not a vegetable <laughs> not a fruit a plant because i was I, like is it a plant
0: Wait, I forgot what we were talking about. What are we talking
1: about? Artichokes. Artichokes, yes. They're
0: plants. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Like, what are we talking about right now? What are words? Words. I don't know what those are. (laughs) Yeah. No, they are. They're very... Wait, what did you say?
1: I said they're really pretty. They are really pretty. (laughs)
0: I have several artichoke glamour shots up in my house. I with that assessment.
1: Does it say anywhere about how many balls you're supposed to have?
0: Uh, I think it was said three dozen.
1: Three dozen?
0: Yeah. Okay. But I'm gonna have way more than that. Okay. Oh, 30 portions. Thirty. Okay. How much are you? How big is it? one inch balls oh never mind okay mine are over an inch and i'm still getting going to get way more than 30 pieces interesting oh balls <laughs> so i had another good like stoner thought today with something that i would find useful because i kept trying to measure my sugar by using a half cup measure but that i keep losing count and i was thinking about those drake stir like toothpicks we saw the other day where they'd like taken the little Christmas trees and glued them onto a skewer. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, you could make like counting sticks with little things stuck on the end so that you could just like if you were and you'd have like a little count thing.
1: Oh. An abacon. That's a good idea. That. <laughs> yeah. 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 But so that, I have
0: 28. Oops. Oh. So far, I have twenty four. I'm on my way to 36. OK. And I'm going to blow past that by a few miles, I think. OK. Now I'm really confused as to how yours, like, how why, how? why do I have so much? Like, why don't you have more than I do, or the same amount as I do? Didn't we just make the same amount of dough? How are you done so quick?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't this is all very weird to me too, because I've never done before you.
0: <laughs> I'm outraged. I'm just outraged by this.
1: Like how are we gonna f- solve this?
0: I don't know because I'm going to I am going to be here doing this for a while. I gotta finish up this. I'll have at least 48 on this little sheet pan that I've got going right now.
1: Wow. I still had to make some more room in my freezer.
0: I'm just rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. This makes zero sense to me unless my six cups of partially powdered sugar makes that much of a difference.
1: You mean because you did like more granulated than powdered? Yeah. Yeah. I can't figure out what else it could be. Although when we made our caramelized sugar the first time, when we made it one time, everybody, and then the audio wasn't great. So we recorded it again. And when I made it that first time, I swear it like doubled in volume from what I put into what I had for the next couple of months, like or weeks or whatever. But I was like, I don't know how I have so much all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Um, now I'm just like in, they're increasing in size steadily because I'm like otherwise, I'm <laughs> like an hour. Ugh, I gotta go find some place to put it in the freezer so did you put your toothpicks in yours did you actually get toothpicks
1: I I have toothpicks but I um haven't put them in yet
0: did you already put yours in the freezer
1: no because you put the toothpicks in and then put it in the freezer
0: (laughs) I thought you'd put them in the freezer
1: oh no sorry I just was making room to make sure I could fit them with the toothpicks in
0: oh right I don't have that problem having no toothpicks I don't have that problem so (laughs) good news is that I have chocolate dipping tools. So, at least I should be okay.
1: Yeah. Gretchen will always find a way. I will.
0: I'm heller high water. I will.
1: She is determined.
0: Well, I guess you just have to be in company until I'm done doing this.
1: Not a problem.
0: So, we're at 48 so far.
1: I guess <laughs> double
0: this recipe.
1: Yeah, you ended up doubling it.
0: I don't know. I don't understand.
1: The cornstarch wouldn't have made a difference, right? Not... Significantly.
0: I, no, like there's no. That's not gonna generate <laughs> the volume that you had. Right. <laughs> so I'm thinking it must be the the sugar mm-hmm. making the difference here. Probably would not been smart to like sieve it a little bit.
1: Is it important to sieve your sugar? Well, powdered
0: sugar. It depends. On, it depends. So something like this where you're just like beating it into your fat, mm-hmm. not, It's not really gonna matter. When like. You haven't really done anything that required sifting yet on the on the show. Um, mm-hmm. So like usually when you're sifting things, you're either trying to incorporate air into the ingredients. So like that's when you're sifting like cake flour and things like that. You're trying to actually, A, get any r- lumps out. So like that's your main goal. And then it does add like it makes it lighter. So like it just sort of helps lighten it up and separate the particles and yada, yada, yada. Got it. But something like this, I wouldn't necessarily worry about it because you're just mixing it into the fat, and so like you should be able to like have any chunks that would break down, particularly in the mixing bit of it. So
1: okay, but you think it might have helped a little bit in this situation with you,
0: right? Especially if I put it through my um, word, I'm looking for my tammy because it's got a really fine mesh, so then I could basically take the any larger particles out so only like the smallest stuff would get through so i wouldn't maybe necessarily have as much graininess going on in this either Mm, mm -hmm. so we're at all right well now i'm getting i'm I'm using a different pan so i'm getting eight in each row so far okay i have 56 now Oh, i'm not even measuring them i'm just trying to make them like fairly consistent size, but I also maybe a little bit larger so I can finish this in a reasonable amount of time. Mm
1: -hmm. We could talk about
0: peanut butter. Such as like, why does Jiffy not require any stirring and why other nut butters do? Although I'm not a hundred percent sure I know (laughs) the difference.
1: I guess yeah, because it because these recipes say it's important not to use like a peanut butter that can like naturally separate.
0: <laughs> okay, well I am fucking up all over the place here. That because oh. my Trader Joe's Valencia peanut butter was definitely separated, so <laughs> that might be part of my problem uh, with the oiliness. All right, so we've we've got okay, we've solved one mystery. Got Check. it. Will you? What's in like Jif peanut butter, and then tell me so that I can I can remember if I remember what the deal is. Okay. Well, I
1: mean, the hydrogenated oil was always like the big thing with those peanut butters, right?
0: Yeah. So, and like, so hydrogenated oil is basically chemically treated to be to not separate. And water. Mm. Look that up
1: too. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the ingredients in a jar of Jif are roasted peanuts and sugar, contains 2% or less of molasses, fully hydrogenated vegetable oils. I hate saying this word out loud, but rapeseed and soybean and mono and diglycerides and then salt. So 2% or less of those last ingredients.
0: Okay. So that's, that's where you use you, your emulsifiers are because that's basically the difference between having something like my Trader Joe's peanut butter, which has an oil layer on the top and your gift yes, because they are basically chemically stabilized. Um, so I'm sure that might be making some have, it has some effect on what I'm doing over here, but that just goes to show you like a small, how... Even a small thing can affect a much larger part of your recipe.
1: Uh, right. And with something that has such simple ingredients, it's interesting how specific they still kind of need to be.
0: Yeah. So it would have been great had I just bought Jif peanut butter when I was at the store or something. <laughs> like. But No. I was like, I like Trader Joe's peanut butter. So I'm going to buy peanut butter or Trader Joe's.
1: So I can't find an exact thing about what hydrogenated oil and water is, but this says basically from healthline.com that food companies began using hydrogenated oil to help increase shelf life and save costs. Hydrogenation is a process in which a liquid unsaturated fat is turned into a solid fat by adding hydrogen. During this manufactured partially hi- during this manufactured partially hydrogenated processing a type of fat called trans fat is made
0: Wow ah, okay oh that's where all right
1: it says it results in a higher melting point higher solid fat contents and a longer shelf life without rincidity
0: okay yeah that makes sense so yeah that's basically your your emulsifying agent. Is that the hydrogenated oil is like it basically works as like sort of a, a binding of for lack of a better term.
1: Sure. Well, so the peanut butter I got though is not Jif. It has palm oil instead and it was pre-mixed. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So that's- I was a little worried about it too. We'll see how it goes though because I was like, oh, it's not a hydrogenated oil. We'll see what happens. But so far they look okay.
0: So i managed to get to... 4 plus 8, 74.
1: What? How?
0: 8, 72. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I have 32 in this pan right now. And I have a little bit more dough to go.
1: Wow. I'm going to go take a picture of these before they go in the freezer because I can't comprehend what you're saying.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I should Drew. Yeah. I got to take this batch to the garage.
1: Okay. Are you, so you're putting them in the freezer? Yeah. Okay. I have to take my ice cube tray out. Oh. 30
0: minute. Uh-huh. Okay. I actually had to take something out of the freezer in order to get it in there. All right. So I'm going to make a half measure of this body scrub. And I'm only using white sugar because I don't think I have any brown sugar. Okay. So before I do that. I'm going to go get my pipe and the my pineapple haze. I'll be here back. Okay.
1: That. I will do the same.
0: Uh, oh, sitting down is nice.
1: Mm,
0: delicious smelling pineapple haze.
1: Ah, I meant to eat some mango before we started.
0: Oh, I did.
1: You did have some?
0: Yeah, I think it worked.
1: Really? That's so exciting.
0: Yeah, I bought... Four packs of dried mango.
1: Well, they're so good.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's part of it.
1: Oh, one of the other strains that we got was Slimer OG. I'm
0: sorry, Slimer?
1: Yeah, like from the Ghostbusters. Oh, Slimer?
0: S-L-I-M-E-R? Yeah. That's kind of hilarious.
1: I know. And I was purchasing everything from this older woman and she was like, is it slime? And I was like, well, the website says Slimer. And she was like, like the Ghostbusters? And I was like, you're it's not my website. I don't like I'm just telling you what I can, can see.
0: And you said an older woman? Yeah. That's funny. Uh,
1: so that's what I'm smoking right now.
0: Nice.
1: You got a lot going on with the peanut butter and the lamb chops. I mean, uh is it chops or like a lamb. Like, That's right.
0: Leg. Leg. Oh, you know. I wouldn't know who I was if I wasn't making things complicated, remember? <laughs> Good point. Nice thing is I cleared up a couple of storage containers by uh, using up the last of that sugar. Perfect. Well, I think the next is fairly simple. So I didn't realize that the recipe wasn't the recipe we focused on doesn't isn't using coconut oil, it's using olive oil. So I think I'm gonna use coconut oil still. Awesome. And as you can see by my ingredient board up here, I have orange blossom water. Mm. No real water. <laughs> uh, it actually has propylene glycol, alcohol, orange oil, and natural flavors. Uh, I see. It's 45% alcohol.
1: Wow. The only thing I could find was non alcoholic orange flavor, and it's mostly sunflower oil.
0: <laughs> see, and I was thinking that I could even take like some coconut oil and like zest some orange into the coconut oil and just like cook for a little bit to like get the oil out then strain the actual orange pieces out because that's where you're gonna like find the pieces bits that might go bad more at least a lot more quickly Um, because the oil can go bad but that's gonna take a lot longer I see but then I remembered I have this in the cupboards because I forgot to look for orange flavoring earlier which was I guess good because I have this and this should work so
1: yeah Perfect. Are you going to do food coloring? Wait, should we read through what the ingredients are? So, so we're using a recipe from Savvy Naturalista and it's a homemade sugar scrub. She has like, we're using her orange version, which is based on her pretty and pink version. I think it's her. I don't know. I'm just assuming it's her from Naturalista, but, um, her original recipe for the pink scrub is one cup, light brown sugar, one cup, white sugar, one half cup olive oil, and then with the orange one, you add two tablespoons of orange peel, one tablespoon of orange extract, and 10 food coloring drops of orange.
0: Oh, so it still gets zest in it too. I see. It
1: does. Yeah. But Gretchen's doing coconut oil instead and orange blossom water instead of extract. Right. Right. And, and wait, sorry. So are you doing food coloring?
0: No, I, I will not be doing food coloring.
1: Okay. I've been debating because when Gretchen and I were talking about this idea, Gretchen said, will it make your body turn that color? And so now I'm kind of nervous and I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to put the food coloring in.
0: I don't want to, I don't want to. Okay. Even though I am the person that uses overtone and doesn't use gloves. So my... (laughs) And they're always, like, some, like, shade of purple or blue or something, so.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm not going to do it then.
0: Yeah, I, I was like, man, no, that's completely, I don't, I don't need that.
1: Why risk it? I'm, I'm drinking some bourbon and it's in a mason jar and the pre-measured olive oil for this recipe is in a mason jar and I keep trying to grab <laughs> the olive oil, which wouldn't be terrible, but would be different
0: not what you're really looking
1: for at the moment
0: <laughs> so really I've simplified mine down to just the sugar the oil and and I'm doing a half batch because I was I'm curious to see how long it lasts mm-hmm. although I have a feeling I'll use it to go So <laughs> <laughs> what I'll use it for there are no guarantees
1: right it may end up on toast that sounds good
0: Maybe maybe pineapple haze is not hitting with me today.
1: Mm. So I am doing brown sugar and white sugar. And so the instructions are to mix the sugars together, then add the olive oil. And then the... I think I'm going to do what you're thinking, though, and put the orange peel in the olive oil and then add that to the mix.
0: Oh, yeah. I definitely think we should mix all the wet ingredients before we mix them into the dry.
1: Okay. So I wonder why the brown sugar is important cuz the only difference in brown sugar and white sugar is molasses, right?
0: Um texture, I would think. Um texture. Typically most brown sugars are ground a little coarser. Oh. So they just have a bit more body to them, I guess you could say. Got it. I came in here for something. Oh, I was going to try one more time for the brown sugar. I was like, I swear I have there's no way I don't have brown sugar. This, is, this doesn't make any sense.
1: This would be unusual if you didn't have something. Okay. Well, I just spilled sugar all over myself.
0: Awesome. You're doing yep. it right. Must be high gluttony. Hey, guess what I just found in my cupboard?
1: Brown sugar.
0: No, more powdered oh. that I didn't think I had.
1: Oh. Well, good thing you didn't try to make more than what you did. I mean, I know it wouldn't fit in the bowl, but you ended up with double the count size, right? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. More than. Because I think it said 30 pieces for and one inch across balls. Like how how am I messing that up?
1: I don't know. I mean you're not.
0: <laughs> oh, I just don't believe it. I don't believe I don't brush. Of course,
1: you know I'll find it
0: as soon as I'm done with this.
1: Yeah. That's always how it works. Or as soon as you buy another one. Yeah. That's
0: actually the more likely scenario. <laughs>
1: I know. And then I'm like, maybe I'll just buy two because I hate when this happens. And then I'm like, well, fuck. Now I have four.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know this. Back <laughs> thing. Because I think I was looking somewhere in my kitchen that wasn't my pantry and discovered that I had a, another five pound bag of sugar. So I think I have, I have so much sugar in this oh, house yeah. right now. Yeah. And I found after I looked at my pantry, place and found another five pound eggs here and I and then I'm good on sugar for a little while. Yeah I
1: think I told you on one of the last ones too that I really needed garlic powder but instead I kept buying onion powder instead and so now I have all these bags of onion powder hidden places and James keeps going like oh did you know this is up here and I'm like oh thanks and then I just put it somewhere else
0: That's what happens with a lot of my herbs
1: too. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's hard sometimes to keep inventory and smoke.
0: Well, this is my brilliant counting stick idea. You find. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're okay? I go with my counting sticks, and I've been visioning because wow. now I'm decided that this is like something I'm definitely doing. Having I mean, you have your two, two little containers attached to each other. And you put your all your sticks in one side. And then as you count, you can put them into the second container. And that way, if mm-hmm. you're spraying in multiple locations, you can count like that. Yep. As I said, abacus would also be an effective tool for this. So, right. Really smells like lamb in here. All
1: right. Mm. Look,
0: something. I was doing something. All right. <laughs> Stay together. Apparently, now I'm hyper for some reason. Guinness? Maybe it is. Must be. Must be the Guinness. <laughs> The Guinness mango pineapple haze combo, apparently hyperactivity.
1: Yeah. Tropical and Irish. <laughs> Equals hyper.
0: Equals hyper. So I'm going to be a bit of a rebel and I'm putting all my wet stuff together. Oh, I need, that's what I keep going for. I keep going to go get an orange because I bought oranges. <laughs> oh, it's a deep red orange. Oh, Pretty. Well, I don't know what it looks like on the inside yet, but it is kind of, it is, definitely has a blush on it. It's cute.
1: It almost looks like a, like a pink lady apple color or something.
0: It does really look like my orange is blushing.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you have a shy little orange. It's a are you, what kind of, are you using a microplane for this or?
0: I've got my fancy microplane that has its own thing attached to hold stuff. What? i don't know how accurate the measurements are because it does have measures on the back but i don't think they're very accurate so i don't use Mm. it i just use it as a to catch things
1: got it we need two tablespoons you're doing half
0: this definitely smells a bit like a grapefruit
1: interesting how far down can you grate on an orange or you know of the peel
0: i mean the lighter the color the more bitter you're gonna get i see I ba- I basically like barely took off the outside of this
1: one. Ooh. Okay.
0: I'm going to put some clothes in this orange. Yeah, I am.
1: In it? Yeah. Have you ever done that? Uh-uh. Oh. Well, tell please. me more.
0: Let me introduce you to one of the easiest, most Christmassy things you can do. Okay. This thing you didn't know you needed in your life. Let me tell you.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I don't know why. We've always done this in my family. I'll have to see. You. It's sort of a British thing. Okay. I think, but you just take like whole clothes and push them into the skin of the orange and you let them lay like, you can keep them around. Like they kind of just dry out.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Although this does end up being kind of painful for me. Oh,
1: to push those in. Yeah. Do you want to do a lot? Are you kind of trying to like cover the whole orange?
0: Yeah. So like last year I did where I just like put like a line or two down like on quarters and then i've done some where i've like made like little swirly patterns on them mm, cool i've definitely like completely covered an orange before of course <laughs> since we're deciding to talk about weird christmasy things right now you know, yeah <laughs> like there's definitely like the pointier cloves are much easier to do this with um, they're
1: like little tacks or something like yeah. pin cushions
0: this is just one of the my favorite smells in the whole wide world
1: cool I sometimes will just put like like quarter an apple or mm. two and throw them in some water with some cinnamon sticks and nutmeg no. and just let it simmer throughout the day and just keep adding water and let that smell kind of permeate the house. Oh, my timer's going off for the... Oh, for the balls? Peanut butter balls, yeah.
0: Well, leaving them in the freezer a little longer won't hurt them. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay, I didn't quite get two tablespoons, but I have only one orange.
0: All right, well, I didn't put a ton in mine anyway so that's what i'm going to be doing later
1: Maybe. okay so then you so you put the so you put push the cloves into the skin and then you said you kind of let them dry out for a little while
0: yeah they just kind of hang out and they like dehydrate
1: and then you use those no then oh
0: they, you know i just put them in the uh, the compost it's mm. just kind of a fun nice smelling thing
1: oh that sounds great i want to do it
0: you have edible oranges or something this would be a good way to use it uh, use one
1: Orange peel smells so good. And it's important to have citrus in the wintertime. Yes. Another good tip. Oh, and as you said in our our caramelized sugar episode, that um, toasting that sugar, caramelizing that sugar makes your house smell amazing during the holiday time.
0: Yeah. I think I'm going to have to make some more tomorrow.
1: I need to make some more of that. I need to make some ginger beer. Yeah. I got a lot on my list for tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I also have been wanting to make the Detroit style pizza.
0: Again, we will release that episode someday.
1: some point, yeah. It's really, oh, it's so fucking good. So our orange peel is grated.
0: I put mine in my oil.
1: Okay, I'll follow suit. So this peel isn't going to like spoil or anything?
0: So that's where there's a bit of a a toss up. I think this person's sort of anticipating that you'll use it before it'll go bad. Got Uh, it. So that's kind of why I was like thinking earlier when I wasn't sure if I had something, if I cooked the peel, kill off any bacteria it might be introducing. I mean, it may not be a bad idea to throw it in the microwave for a second and zap it. I might do that.
1: Okay, I'll do it Jill. How long are you going to do it for? Well,
0: I have 14 seconds left on my my cycle. So I'm just going to go with that because I don't really want to heat it too long.
1: 14 seconds? Yeah. At high temperature?
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I might have spotted a re- one reason that they might use olive oil in this recipe is the. Now, I I did buy some other coconut oil when I was at the um, store today, and it's a triple filtered one, but it doesn't smell like coconut, and I was like, I want it to smell like coconut. <laughs>
1: so I, need I to- see
0: coconut oil. So, I was- but you were
1: saying you see why they wanted the olive oil you th- yeah. for the smell.
0: Yeah. So that if you wanted to feature that orange smell more, yeah. that would be why one reason to use. Olive oil, because olive and orange go really. I mean, it's not like it goes badly together, but they're both mm-hmm. strong scent. So you know, it's like um, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say.
1: They kind of like bring out each other.
0: And now I've just added my orange blossom water, quote unquote.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. My orange flavor is going in.
0: Uh, and then I guess gonna uh, start adding my sugar because I'm I don't want to make another dish dirty. So. Like I don't sugar into something else and then.
1: Are you whisking it or just stirring it? Stirring it. Okay. Is it okay for me to put liquid into sugar instead of sugar into liquid? Yeah. Okay. Please I go. didn't know if we had to do it. Okay.
0: I don't think so. That's why I said I'm okay. being by doing it. Okay.
1: <laughs> Got it. I'm done. Okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> just have to put it in a, uh, in a jar. I'm going to use a little bit of this just to scrub my hands.
1: Yeah, got to test it now. So best guess on how long you think this or or, how quickly we should be using this before there's a potential to go bad.
0: I would say a month. Okay. As I said, I'm curious about putting the orange zest in it. Right.
1: So you used it real quick. How was it?
0: It's nice. Just the right amount of oil. Smells pretty good. I'm sure it'll smell better later once it's had time to fit together
1: mm-hmm. and storage cool dry place Cool, dry place. sealed container yeah so mine's like a really cool dark color because of that brown sugar
0: mine's just sort of pretty white with a little bit of an orange tin or oh yeah more like a yellow tin
1: cool oh yeah that's nice thanks savvy naturalista <laughs> we had a hard time finding uh recipe sugar scrub recipes that didn't have an essential oil in them
0: Yeah, so if you don't care about being able to eat your body scrub, right, (laughs) necessarily saying, I really need my body scrubs to be edible. But we're we're not going to get into that right now. Right. Um, This is a
1: food food and cannabis podcast, not a sugar scrub podcast.
0: (laughs) Not, it's not a sugar scrub podcast. (laughs) Just because we're more focused on the food thing. That's why we wanted it to be also something you could eat.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: So I may be putting that on some toast later. Mm, that yeah. sounds great. Do you have a glass bowl that you could melt your chocolate in?
1: Or do Yeah. You- okay, great. I have a big one. Okay. I wonder if I should do a smaller one though.
0: Will that fit in your microwave?
1: In the microwave? Yes.
0: Awesome. Great. We're in business.
1: So we're not going to do... Double boiler kind of thing?
0: No, not if we can. If microwave better?
1: No. <laughs> okay, great.
0: Because faster.
1: All right. So um hold back
0: three quarters of a cup of your chips. Your are do, do you have dark chocolate or semi sweet? Semi sweet. Okay. One moment, please.
1: Okay. And it's four cups. So if we didn't totally say the next step after we get the peanut butter balls out of the freezer, melt the chocolate, dip them in the chocolate. Pretty so, easy.
0: I want you to hold back about three quarters of a cup of the chocolate chips because we're gonna uh, temper the chocolate. We're gonna melt most of it, okay. and then add some back in to bring the temperature down a little more quickly. I'm gonna start my chocolate off for about thirty. Probably gonna go in thirty second bursts. Okay.
1: Did you already get your peanut butter balls out of the freezer? Or are they still in there?
0: No, they're still in there because this is gonna take a minute, and they're not okay. big, so I want holds.
1: Okay. So did does the kind of chocolate make a difference in the amount you want to hold back?
0: No, I was actually checking to see if you, if there was some, for some reason that you wouldn't need to temper semi-sweet chocolate, but uh, it said yes.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. You're doing full heat in the microwave, 100% or like the highest level? Half heat. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Do you need to stir it at all in between the thirty-second intervals?
0: I'm not going to start stirring it until like it's a bit more melted, um, just because if you stir it too much, then it clumps all together at first. Okay. So you kind of have to just like I just shake it a little bit before I put it using a glass bowl that it'll uh, it'll hold the heat a little bit more. I think maybe my next after this go around, I want to start stirring. So
1: how many minutes was that?
0: Uh, I, I'm at, at least two, I think. This okay. Is around. Okay. Since mine was completely melted through, I'm adding my unmelted chocolate.
1: Did you end up doing the full amount of chocolate just because you had so many peanut butter balls or did you half the chocolate too?
0: No, I didn't half the chocolate. I'm doing the full amount of chocolate for the Buckeye recipe.
1: Did you half the recipe? Oh, right. It's the sugar scrub. Oh, yeah. no, I, I think I'm, that stuff hit me harder than I thought. I don't know why I was still thinking you were half it. That was the sugar strobe. Like, wait a minute, did I missing major here? No, I'm just confused. How do you know when to stir it? I mean, like it's really
0: melted around the sides. The chips are intact, but you can tell that they're warm. Like you know, that warm sort of look chocolate gets.
1: Like a softer kind of look.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. About to start dipping.
1: Are you going to put them back on the same parchment sheet?
0: Uh, that was my plan. Yes. Um. Oh. Well, that might be my plan, but I don't know that that's what I'm going to be able to do. Cause on this sheet pan, it will be a little tight. Well, mine might have a more thorough chocolate coating than they're supposed to, but okay. But I'm not going to be able to get them all back on the same sheet pan.
1: Okay. <laughs> I might get out a second board or something.
0: Well, I can see why the uh, toothpick is a superior tool for this job.
1: And the dipper thing you have?
0: Yeah. I mean, it certainly makes it a lot easier. I might have gotten my chocolate a little cooler than I should have.
1: Should I heat up some more or? um
0: that I exactly had four cups. I just kind of guessed on my chocolate, so.
1: Okay. Probably okay. okay. I wonder if maybe one of the benefits of doing it on like a stovetop or like a double boiler is to keep like a consistent heat on the chocolate.
0: Yeah, but I think it would be too, and maybe I can't disagree with so many home cooks that have done it for so long. Maybe that's not my place. Because <laughs> did it say to keep it on a double boiler?
1: Yeah, it says in a double boiler or in a bowl set over a pan. Barely simmering water.
0: Well, I wonder partially wonder if that's part of this is that they're frozen, so mm-hmm. the chocolate cools a lot faster, so you run less risk of that of the chocolate breaking.
1: Mm-hmm. When you say breaking, what does that mean?
0: So the the fat will bloom out of the chocolate as it cools. Okay. You have your chocolate tempered. I see. I think a couple of years ago, some of this the Christmas gifts I gave away might have had. I remember exactly what that was might have been had the chocolate break when I was doing it so
1: I see are you dipping yours yet not yet I've been I just added my um oh, not hot chip oh I just want to eat them right now. oh oh
0: okay I'm completely covering this one all righty
1: all right here we go first try oh my god one <laughs> So if I, if I need to heat the chocolate up again, that's okay. Just do it again for just like 30 seconds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just too, too hot too fast, you know?
1: That makes sense. Because that's what the the breaking thing happens. Right. Okay.
0: Should have done some, some Harold McGee reading before today's episode. Ah. But uh, we can put it in the intro.
1: Yeah. That's why we do the intros later, everybody.
0: We can tell you what you might need to know.
1: yeah after we listen and we're like we didn't say any of the things that are important
0: (laughs) yeah mostly it's more like to clarify this real quick yeah so I'm gonna warm mine up
1: again okay I think I am too what flavor is the caramelized sugar adding
0: I don't know I don't know that I've had these enough to know (laughs) there you go I can tell you they're delicious (laughs) (laughs) and apparently that's it they're delicious Mm,
1: they're so good so lots of dipping. How many do you have left to do? Are you gonna do them all tonight?
0: Well, I don't think I I have enough chocolate to do them all tonight. Unfortunately, might get my first tray of forty eight done. That might be what I get done today. Yeah, I know I'm gonna be tired after I'm done with this tray.
1: Yeah, totally. How are your hands doing? Oh, they're all right. Oh, one of my toothpicks broke. Oh no! I know. It's a little bit like making caramel apples.
0: Yep, basically.
1: Be kind of fun to do some like crushed nuts or something
0: so i hadn't looked down further on that blog post that we the realtor blog post uh-huh. they like have all these different suggestions of like basically like coconut cookie ball whatever's and
1: wait oh cool. And,
0: yeah cool yeah because i was looking at it because it was like spice up that fuck eye recipe and i was like huh And further okay vertical i
1: was, like oh <laughs> That's what they meant.
0: Got another one that's going totally covered in chocolate. <laughs> I'm surprised at how clean I am considering I'm working with melted chocolate. <laughs> but I also definitely can see where like being able to dip it in with a toothpick is going to get you round eye.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, for the most part. I'm getting kind of low on my chocolate now. So the eye is getting bigger as I go. But <laughs> um, So what are you going to make for Thanksgiving?
0: Oh, uh, so I'm going to get a duck. going to go pick okay. it up tomorrow. We're having macaroni and cheese because mom wants me to have macaroni and cheese. Mm. Yum. Then we're going to do something with squash. <laughs> uh, did I tell you a farmer's market today? You got what? A black truffle at the farmer's market.
1: <gasps> you did? hmm Oh, happy Thanksgiving to you.
0: Yeah. I mean, not quite as nice as Paul's white truffle they brought last year, but, you know. Yeah, still in a row. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: 2019 was very different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we're doing duck with some form of potatoes, probably mashed. Mm. Duck. I'm gonna make a cranberry tart that I did. Um, I first time doing a recipe test for Cooks Illustrated or America's Best Kitchen or something. Yeah, I'm getting low on chocolate. I might not even get all the way through my first first board of
1: your first sheet. Well, that is still you still made a lot then.
0: Well, I also think because they're frozen, and I went through the effort of tempering the chocolate, they're getting maybe a bit of more
1: of a coating than they normally would—a thicker coating. I see. I'm on my last one, and this one and the one before are starting to slip off their uh, toothpick. So, just time. I'll tell you, I had a neighbor named Justin. Time. No. Yeah. He was like a kid, and my dad used to always be like, "I can't believe they named him that. I just can't believe they named him that."
0: It's it difficult, you know, to name a kid that.
1: Mhm.
0: Mhm. Well, oh no, I was gonna say Sir Barriston's name at the shelter was just in time, but no, his was just in case. Oh,
1: that's cute.
0: Mhm.
1: Sir Barriston fits him well, though.
0: Mhm. Sorry, I'm helping myself to more.
1: Yeah. How, how can you not? Sure. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Good. I guess we got to take a picture, huh?
0: I don't know if I really want to take a picture. Well. they're messy. They're very, very, very messy.
1: My stuff's usually pretty messy. How many do you think you'll get through? Or how many do you have left to, how much chocolate do you have left to get through?
0: Oh, not very much. I have. glances maybe. But no, I've just decided to go full chocolate robe. Cause it's easier.
1: There you go. So the recipe says to refrigerate until serving. My friend's family used to keep them in the freezer and I never liked them frozen so I would take them out and just let them sit out for a little while to get to room temperature and then eat them.
0: Good for you. Uh, Thank you. I mean I'm sure they just can't imagine they're bad either way.
1: Mm-hmm. But you can also keep them in the freezer. You don't have to just keep them in the refrigerator.
0: I'd say I might like mine better from the freezer because they'll be like little ice cream type things you know. That peanut butter center. <laughs> mhm, mhm. Oh, now I've gone back to making eyes because I forgot. Yeah, and
1: in that case, that like thicker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was saying it in that case the ex- the chocolate layer is kind of nice. It's like a dip cone or something. What were you saying though?
0: Oh, I'm I'm rolling. Really, I'm just gonna roll one so that it has an eye on either side. Hmm. I'm a, I'm playing now. I'm just playing. Uh, Fun. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe I can get a few more out of this. And it's like, well, I think it might be it might be at the end. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There we go.
1: There we go. Peanut butter balls or Buckeyes, as some people might know them. And orange edible sugar scrub.
0: Yeah. Because why pick a lane and stick with it when you can do two different things? (laughs) Exactly. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I have some milk chocolate chips. Maybe I'll do two.
1: Ooh, that could be good.
0: Mm-hmm. I may just put these in the fridge for now, and then once they're hardened up again, I could put them into a container and put them in the freezer. Also, I wanted to mention I tasted some of my sugar scrub with my Guinness. The Guinness really brought out the bitter in the orange of the sugar scrub. Not sure I'm really doing it any favors eating these peanut butter balls and then <laughs> and then drinking the Guinness. So, uh huh. Not great.
1: You got a lot of flavors going on.
0: Oh yeah. Probably too many.
1: This bourbon's actually not that bad with either of them. It's not as good with the peanut butter, but it's kind of good with the sugar scrub.
0: Well peanut butter is like notoriously hard to pair with stuff for some reason. Really? A reason for that that I could find out by the internet.
1: Uh mm-hmm. maybe maybe by the intro we'll we'll know.
0: We'll know. But yeah. But so let us know how much yours made. If you got the right amount like Becca, <laughs> or if you got Twice as many like I did.
1: Oh my god, sorry. I just took a huge bite of one. <laughs>
0: Don't worry. I did that a couple minutes ago.
1: My mouth is full of it. Yeah, let us know. It's easy and it's complicated.
0: Yeah, really easy if you just follow the the instructions that every online recipe gives you. As opposed
1: to
0: <laughs> Gretchen's trying to be about her shit over here. So,
1: <laughs> So this is coming out yeah. In December, mid-December, right?
0: Yeah, the December 10th?
1: Yeah, December 10th, exactly. So at this point, when you're hearing this, we'll be well into the holiday season.
0: We'll be well into the COVID season, probably.
1: Oh, seriously. Oh my God, yeah. All right. Well, this was delicious. It was just so fun. It was so fun to make something that has such nostalgia for me and to do something totally new with the orange scrub.
0: Yeah, well... I'm always a fan of a good edible scrub, so.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us once again. Check us out on highgluttony.com where Gretchen's always sharing recipes and our versions of things and um, YouTube and Instagram all at highgluttony.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: Indeed. Happy holidays, everyone.
0: Happy holidays.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.